Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's podcast interview with Dr. Peter Pronovost, Chief Clinical Transformation Officer at University Hospitals. In this segment, Dr. Pronovost talks about the data model his team developed to create a better view of patients, how they're leveraging asset tracking systems to increase productivity and reduce frustration, particularly among nurses, and the three values that are most critical in driving improvements. Part of that is using data, using technology in more innovative ways. And can you talk about right. like, how that's been done at UH? Yeah, so let me give an example of this because we're doing some really cool stuff. First, I won't bore you with the tech piece, but we had to build a data model that allowed us to look at our patients, you know, really almost at three levels. We need to look at cohorts of patients. So who has diabetes or who has heart failure? We have, we have to be able to look at providers, so who's having worse outcomes than others. And we have to look at utilization, right? So who's being admitted to the ED or the hospital a lot. And we built an EDW that integrated our claims data and our EHR data, our billing data, our appointment data, so we can really get a holistic picture about that. And then we partnered our data scientists with, you know, myself and others making the strategy to make sure how does data, how do we support data science to, to help us improve care? So let me give you a couple examples. Given that we're trying to improve these defects in care and we have a lot of investments to make sure people in our system get high value care, we want to make sure that our clinicians use our health system. In other words, they keep care in network. And so we, yeah. part of that dashboard is now every doctor gets a report of what percent of their encounters are in UH. The denominator is the percent of encounters or dollars in Ohio. The numerator is the percent that are UH. We monitor and give feedback on improving that. To do these outreaches that I mentioned for that patient who we did the machine learning model, we now built these automatic outreach, what we call triggering, for a variety of conditions, but we combined it. And I think this is really some of the innovations that we're seeing combining multiple therapies with chatting. So a chat bot, in this case, it was Conversa that we used with navigating that the chat bot could then direct them to a call center that they could either arrange care or divert them from the ED and also scheduling. So we would send in the text link to self-schedule. So it would say, hey, you you haven't had an appointment in this long or you've missed your mammogram. You know, we run a triggers for a variety of things. You know, we'd like you to get into care. Please click here to schedule. Right? So really kind yeah. of oh, wow. practical, innovative ways of combining, you know, the chat bot gives them some education, the, the outreach tells them to do an appointment, the automatic scheduling or what we call smart scheduling makes it easy for them. We've done, I don't know if you saw with COVID, we used Massimo, actually we helped them get FDA approval for a disposable home pulse ox heart rate monitor. And so when we were really worried about our capacity of how we can care for these patients and our worry that if we brought sick patients to the hospital, they may suffer harm if they got exposed to COVID, we quickly stood up home monitoring with wireless pulse ox where the data syncs with their cell phone on a platform called Dactella. And I have no further relationship, financial relationship with Massimo, but they bought Dactella for me. That was one of the, the founders of it. But it, it's a self-patient reported monitoring platform. It syncs with their cell and it sends the vital signs to a command center that we have nurses monitoring the command center. And they call patients twice a day or if the patients trigger an alarm, we obviously call them and follow up, and the patients just love it. 
Almost every one of the patients says how comforting it is to know someone's watching them and they've read articles about how COVID could cause unrecognized hypoxemia. And so that they were really comforted to say, oh, this is so great that I know someone's looking at my pulse ox and I'm safe. And many of them are so lonely that just that twice a day call from the nurse was something people really look forward to. We're also now just put into what we call a system operation centers that we took this management system that I said, and, you know, part of that management system is, do we have real time feedback about behaviors? And sometimes it's really hard to get those. Um, But we put together and partnered with this company agility that we now have real time feedback of a variety of measures to help our hospital throughput and quality. And, those are displayed in a command center that we monitor and have oversight to really drive performance in our health system. And then I'll tell you one final one that's really a cool innovation. There's a company called Trackonomy that does asset tracking for other industries. And I had published a piece in Health Affairs, Health Affairs blog about labor productivity. And one of the things that nurses waste 22% of their time is hunting for supplies because nobody managed the last 10 feet of supply chain, right? And and RFID has some roles, but it doesn't have as big of a range. It's it's kind of expensive. So this technology is literally like putting a piece of duct tape on any device you want to monitor. There's a really inexpensive, another piece of tape that's a reader, and you can monitor any device that you want on a dashboard. So we've deployed that to monitor devices and save nursing labor time. Uh, which is a really cool innovation. I mean, imagine if you can grow nursing productivity by 22% from saving them hunting for supplies. The impact is enormous. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's some really, really cool things that are happening there. And it seems like the technology is you know, really being leveraged in these innovative ways, but that it's not putting more on the clinicians. I think the difference about what we're doing here is too often tech is a shiny object that's looking for a problem to solve. <laughs> like, hey, I'm, I have this widget. I get like literally five of those a day. And so like, <laughs> what problem are you solving, right? And where's right, the right. value? What we did is we started with the defect in value, right? We have 22% lost nurse productivity because they're hunting for supplies and then looked for tech that was the best way to solve it. It's a very different approach to, to innovation. Yeah, it's such an important thing because it's really talking about improving processes and uh, using the technology to do it, but not getting caught up in the, uh, the the shiny tool idea that we hear about. Exactly right. Now, I had read about some of the uh, the results that have already been achieved at university hospitals, and it's really pretty impressive in terms of how you've seen been able to 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 get that progress on. Um, you know, more patients being referred to in-network skilled nursing facilities, length of stay being reduced. And is that something that's really important to emphasize those figures as well and not just focusing on, on the dollar signs? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we, we believe that we have to measure all the components of value. So is quality of care going up? Is patient experience going up? And is cost coming down? And, you know, what's so exciting about this work that we're doing is most people estimate that 30% of healthcare spend is waste. And our article suggested that, you know, about 1.3 trillion, which is about 30% of the total 3.6 or 7 trillion that we spend on healthcare. And in a year, we're able to reduce healthcare spend by about 9%, or in other words, 10% of that waste 
and our framework is probably 20% deployed. So, I mean, we're hopeful that as we deploy the rest of it, we probably could get to that 30% reduction in waste in healthcare, you know, which would just be truly transformative. And indeed, it's hard to tell whether it's COVID or not, but our 2020 spend looks like it's down another 9%, which is, mm. oh, um, wow. you know, again, we're still waiting to see how much COVID drove it, but nonetheless, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. And when you look at a lot of the things that are being done to achieve these results, how much does digital health come into play? I mean, certainly we've seen these huge spikes in telehealth, but it seems like there is a lot of potential for that to have some long-term benefits. Yeah, completely agree. So I think there's opportunities in people having more access to care through televisits. I think there's enormous potential of doing joint specialist primary care with tele because one of the main reasons for readmissions with chronic disease is the specialist and the primary care doc almost never talk. Literally, they, right. they take, there's no communication. And so, and yeah. when you're scheduling in-person visits, I get it, that's logistically really hard. But with tele, you could easily arrange so just enormous opportunity for us to leverage technology. I also think by digital the home monitoring or home hospital is exploding. I mean, like we've now monitored like 1,600 patients through that home monitoring that I said, and we're adding ever more services so we can give home nursing to give medicines. You know, you can get a physical therapy in the home. We could send a mobile van to do labs or x-rays. So like you can literally creating a hospital at home for probably 10x cheaper than it does to be in the hospital. And all the more comfort of, you know, you're in your own bed, you're eating your own food, you're surrounded by your own loved ones. It's just so much better. Right. The other piece we're doing a, a, a big opportunity on is procedural defects in value by creating centers of excellence. For example, in many procedures, they're done in too costly of center. They could be done in ambulatory rather than in the hospital, or they're not appropriate. So there's pretty good data that for virtually every procedure, you know, 25 to 30% aren't needed if the clinicians would use objective criteria of who really needs it. Uh, but those haven't been broadly applied, so we're developing and applying those. And then making sure that the hospital that does it or the inventory surgery center and the surgeon meet some volume thresholds and have standard checklists for how to do it because too many patients have procedures done by someone who's done one or two in the last year. And right. we know from that relationship between how many you do and their outcomes, it's almost linear for every procedure. So the more you do, the better off you're going to be. So just enormous ways of really keep driving value with this. Yeah, it's interesting. There, there's so much happening. And I, I would guess just the, as a final question that really so much of this has to revolve around the right culture and kind of this willingness to question things and to question whether we can be doing things better. Completely agree. And I'll, I'll end with that. When I think about the values that are most necessary to drive this kind of improvements or defects in value, there's three really simple values. And that is, I am humble, I am curious, and I'm compassionate. And without those, you're never going to make progress, right? Because if you're arrogant and think, oh, we're great, we're doing everything well, you're never going to look to say, well, could things be better? And if you're not curious to say, well, where, where can I go find a good idea? Anywhere it is. You know, that trachonomy company is not even in healthcare yet. We were the first one to deploy it, but we took an idea and deployed it. And then compassionate, both, you know, for our patients and for our colleagues that, you know, many of these things aren't going to work. 
that's okay. We're going to learn. We're going to learn fast, like an agile, and then we'll move on, find something else that does. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.